appreciate the life I have, man. Like, every time before I have a meal, I'm appreciative to the farmers that grew the vegetables, to the animal that gave its life, to the fact that I'm not under a bridge somewhere, like, eating a leftover fucking piece of a cheeseburger thrown in the trash can by someone, because that's where I've been before, and, like, it's so nice. Right now, I live in the lap of luxury, man. Like, it might be an apartment, but this is fucking clean, and it's nice, and, like, we cook really good food, and we eat really well, and... I'm just so fucking appreciative that I have the opportunity to still be alive and to share this good food with people I love so much. Yeah. Like, I pray every time I eat. And for me, prayer is different from what some people think of. A lot of people pray when they need something. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, yeah, that's important. But for me, prayer is like, you should treat whatever you call it, God or... Um, you know, the great mystery, uh, Tunkashliya, whatever you want to call it, Buddha, like your friend. Yeah. At the minimum, you know? And if you only call your friend when you need something, you're a fucking asshole. (laughs) Like... It's a good way to put it. Yeah, you gotta be, you gotta be grateful. Be appreciative. Like, every day when I have a good meal, I'm thankful that I have a good meal. Every day, like, I don't just think the meal, I'm like, wow, like, look at the person that I'm sharing this meal with and the relationship I have, and, like, how beautiful that is, like, the fact that I get this, you know, when I'm at work and I'm eating lunch with you guys, you know, like, I get to be surrounded by such like-minded, amazing people that are, like, we could all be working in different fields and making more money, Mm -hmm. but we care about what we do with our life right now, and so we choose to do this. Mm -hmm. And that is fucking beautiful. Yeah. And the fact that I get to spend time around people. Like, I would never meet people like you if I was just in a money-making field. Yeah. I would never meet Rachel, you know, like, I love if I was just in that field. Mm-hmm. There's so many differences there of who we are. But we come together on this point. And I think being thankful for that, being thankful that we have this day, we have this food, thinking about the farmer that grew your shit, the hunter that gather this or you know the cow gave their life and unfortunately usually not hunted but whatever mm-hmm. well, it's also cow's like, not hunted anymore at all but you know yeah. what i mean like oh it makes the it makes the food taste better too honestly it does because you know, you're actually appreciating it rather than just mindlessly like, just shoving it in your face i need i need this to fuel myself you're actually taking the time to yeah that's how i feel about granola granola Granola, I don't, I'm not very mindful. Granola, I just eat because, like, it's, it's fueling me. Yeah. yeah right. Like, I don't know why. Sorry, right. you wanted to talk about uh, Mexico. Yeah. It seems like, it seems like an interesting little, little adventure. All right. So, so basically, um, I was living in Vietnam for a long time, and it was a good life. It's a whole different podcast or story. That time was done. So I'd always wanted to go to Central America, Mexico, all that. I came back to the States, spent some time with my mom. Uh, been a long time, you know, and spent with the family. Traveled around. Hung out with some rainbow kids, like giving them a ride, picked some fruit. Headed to Mexico with me and Madonna here, my dog. And I was supposed to be heading to South America. Mm. But someone... Uh, from Eureka Springs to tell me about this little cool town called Zibalite. It was this little, it was the only last legal 
real nude beach in Mexico, but it was like, no one knew about it. So I was intrigued. It was supposed to be like really cool people and all this. So I was like, I'll stop through for like a week or two and then I'll head down to Central America. And I got into town. I had very limited finances. Like I took off from St. Louis with a little bit of money, but I kept picking up fucking strays. Like all these kids heading to the Rainbow Gathering because I was going to Washington to pick fruit and that's where the National Rainbow Gathering was. And like... I was picking up deadheads and these young hippies and like I just ended up spending way too much money like feeding everyone. Yeah. And by the time I got down to Zabalite, like I had $400 left and cause I was driving this big old van that had been given to me. And, so did uh, you, so you just heard of this town and decided to head there? Yeah, it was on the coast. Uh, yeah. Did you think of that like as your end point or did it just... No, I was supposed to just head, like that was a good point to like stop. Mm-hmm. And, like, chill for a bit and then head. I wasn't going to stop Mexico at all. I was just going like, to chill there and head to South America. Mm-hmm. But my money ran out. Like, it turned to be too much. I tried to avoid toll roads. They tell you not to do that on the way down. Yeah. They're right. Oh. Um, I put in Google. Google's gangster as fuck. I put in to Google, like, avoid toll roads. It took me to the craziest fucking places. Some of them ended in rivers. Some of them, like... I had to pay a toll to avoid the toll, and then it was like, you drive through a bush that's like surrounding my van and brushing up against both sides for like 20 minutes, and then the guy at the end has a big cable across the road, a machete and a gun, which is overkill. You only need one or the other. Yeah, right. Come on. Um, and like it's just the, Austin. The torches are like, you know, Johnny Walker bottles with fucking rags in them. Like, this is ridiculous. Mm. Um, so I just throw some pesos at the guy and fucking blast through when he lowers the cable. But... It's all good fine. I realize there's a reason why you pay for toll roads. <laughs> Honestly, as a gringo, you should fucking pay for the goddamn toll roads. Yeah. Um, unless you're cartel, you should fucking pay for the toll roads. They said it was Mexican. Like, yeah. But I got down there and, like, I don't know, it was just a really cool little beach. I already had four or 450 left when I got there. I, uh, I found this cool little place. It was kind of abandoned. Um, it took me a few days to find the owners. I just kind of, like, camped out in a tent below the cabanas that were kind of falling apart um it had a sign that said cabanas del peyote and peyote had been like a big part of my journey mm-hmm. so hung out there for a bit finally after like a few days i made contact with a family member and it took like a couple weeks to really get a hold of these people well i've been living like super cheap by the time this came up um I was freaking out. I'm supposed to be in South America. I got $400. I had a few vegetables with me, you know, cooking up over a beach fire and talked to the owner of Chamo. And Chamo was like, yeah, like, actually, if you want to rent the whole place, there's these three cabanas and all these campsites and this little beer bar. There's a fridge inside, blah, blah, like, it's really rustic. He's like, you can rent for $360 a month. I had $400. And I was like, fuck, man, you know, like, I want to retire by the time I'm 40. Mm-hmm. I'm 35. 36, something like that. Been through all this shit. I'm like, this could be it. So I said, do you have an open sign? He's like, yeah, here's a little fucking little tiny sign that says open the vehicle. So I was like, fucking perfect. I gave him $360 for the first month. I had 40 bucks left. I hung up a little abierto sign. And... Uh, that was it. I like he had a couple of sheets he could let me borrow for the little tiny mattresses and the cabanas and stuff. Um, I 
put my pillow in the one cabana that I rented. And I slept without a pillow, mm-hmm. and I rented that cabana, and that gave me enough money to get another pillow and some more sheets. And I rented the second cabana, and it just like, kind of kept going from there. And then, like, suddenly it was October, and that was Jazz Fest, which is really funny in the next town away because there was no jazz music there. It was all like different music, they called Jazz Fest. But next thing you know, I had like fucking 17 tents camped out at my place, and I was renting two of the three cabanas, and then one person rented the third one, even though there was no mattress or nothing. And I made all this fucking money. Yeah. And all these crazy people came in. It was like yoga people and martial arts people, and we were trading like Qigong on the fucking beach, and we were having bonfires. And this one German couple, they really wanted to do something special. They were changing their life. And so they they built this huge effigy, this like giant like statue of this bird. Um in this giant pit we dug on the beach for a bonfire. It was like this couple's like realization of like changing the Phoenix, right? Like them like coming out of their old life to new life. What I didn't realize about this structure that I let them build on the beach to burn, that once this giant bird started to burn down, the main section of it was just a huge cross. Oh, and so once no. the wings and the head and the heart and all that made it a coconut, it's like I'll burn away. Here I am, a guy from Texas, new on the beach, opening the place, and what turns out to be the most dangerous spot on the beach, which is why no one rented it. It was, like, run by this cartel family, and everyone was really scared of it. There used to be rapes and murders and all this shit there, but no wonder it was so cheap, right? Mm-hmm. Anyways, I move in as a Texan, and the next thing you see is a giant burning fucking cross you can see from the whole uh, fucking beach. No. And I'm like, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> So we gotta get past that. I spend a few days talking to people like that's not what it was supposed to be. Yeah, but they're like, yeah, yeah, that shit's funny though. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it, I don't know, it kind of ended up working out. Um, but then early on, I was still staying in the companions. I was fixing up, um, mm-hmm. and I knew this old guy. Juanito, you know, he was uh, he was sole guy in a wheelchair. He kind of ran the Ocho Mill, the gang there. Mm. Uh, there was like a subset of the cartel that ran this whole side of the beach. He was super happy about me being there, was opening up, was giving me the family. So one day this young guy shows up. He's like um, 24 or something. Big kind of bounty fucker, but uh, I'm used to dealing with people. Well, I'm trying to sleep. And all of a sudden, these fucking gunshots go off. And I'm used to guns. I grew up in Texas, so I can recognize it. It's a little twenty-two pistol. You can catch a twenty-two straight, it'll fucking kill you, but it's not like a three fifty-seven, you know? So I'm not yeah. too worried. So I go down, and this guy's fucking crazy, you know? And he's like, I don't know if he's happy or sad or what. He's just shooting the gun in the air. So I check it out, you know? And it's a, it's a clip, twenty-two clip, you know? So that means there's like 12 in the clip. Even with one in the chamber, that's 13 bullets maximum. He shot off eight, so it was four to five bullets left here. Um, I go up to him and I'm like, you know, I'm very limited Spanish at the time, before I learned Spanish. I'm trying to talk to him, I'm like, hey, like, I can see you got something going on, but if you wouldn't mind shooting that gun out on the beach instead of right next to my cabana, because like a little bit of a tilt and I'm dead interrupted what I didn't know was he was the guy that had tried to take over the game. He had paid his way out of three life sentences. He was a serial rapist and murderer. 
uh, really fucking badass dude. He'd been shot in the face and lived. There's a scar right here on his lip below his nose where it went in and bounced out the side of his skull and didn't damage his fucking brain. So he thought he was Superman Invincible. <laughs> and this is the guy I choose to fucking challenge. <laughs> so he suddenly turns, and I know there's at least four to five bullets left in this fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, he puts it right straight between my fucking eyes and starts yelling at me with a little bit of Spanish that I recognize because I know some cabrón Spanish like I Oh no, like you want to fucking die tonight or no? And I was, you know, trying to balance this situation. I'm like, no, cabrón. Pero tú la gusta mota. Like you like the weed? <laughs> Fastest I've ever rolled a joint in my fucking life. I tuck behind a little coconut tree. Yeah. And a coconut tree hopefully will stop a 22. If not, <laughs> it'll only make it slightly lodge in me instead of going through. Yeah. Um, took behind fastest ever roll joint in my life stems that motherfucker and I was like I fumo out our key tranquilo like smoke this shit and calm down man mm-hmm. and the only thing I could do like I could recognize this guy's attitude he was super drunk like it was a lot like a redneck attitude like if I if I cowered he would fucking jump yeah so all I could do was just stand against it and be like what man mm-hmm. nah it's fucking okay like there's no problem man fuck you and so I almost pissing in my pants, I do this. Yeah. I hand him this fucking big chodo of a fucking joint. Sure. And, yeah, <laughs> and I'm just like, hey, fumar, tranquilo, smoke it and relax. And I walk up and he's still got the gun like to my head and I'm just like, nah, I just keep pushing it to the side and I'm like, tranquilo, cabrón, no, tranquilo, no. I know Juanito, he's my friend. And he's like, oh, he suddenly changes gears. Mm-hmm. Juanito, I'm like, yeah, because He's trying to take it over from Juanito, but Juanito early has power. So that shifted gears, and he has this, like a couple of friends there, and they're all like, oh, shit. So I'm like, okay, I realize I've gained some ground. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, look, man, está bien. I know he knows a little English, and I'm like, look, nobody has to know about this. It's a misunderstanding. But honestly, you should have beach up, you should have gone out here again on the beach. You don't shoot it next to my cabana. I've still got to hold strong and be like a strong personality. Yeah. But at this point, I'm not about to piss in my pants. I'm about to shit in my pants because I really, like... This dude looks like he's going to fucking kill me. Mm-hmm. But he agrees. And he's like, all right. Like, yeah, you don't tell one ain't about nothing. Like, we're cool. Like, all right, we're cool. And it's not until, like, a little bit later I start talking to people and find out he's, like, this serial, like, fucking rapist. And he's murdered a lot of people and all this and yeah. everything. But by this point, I've rented these cabanas. And apparently this is his hangout. The rapes that used to happen there were him. Oh. So, okay, so he's why that part of the beach was... Dangerous. Yeah. So, I had a few people kind of, like, looking out and uh, coming up to me. They're all like, yeah, you uh, you need protection around here. I was like, yeah, I know that. They're like, yeah, you know, something gets stolen. I'm like, look, I ain't looking to be extorted. And, of course, the night those guys would say that, something would get stolen from someone's tent that was staying there. Yeah. It's very obvious it's them. No. I did some research. I looked at people. I found the right guys to hire for security. These young guys coming up that had respect, but it was going to take them a while to get to a high level. I hired those motherfuckers. Yeah. And I won't say their names because, yeah. But they became my security. Okay. All problems fucking ceased. I gave them a position of power. I'm a gringo. I don't want to know nothing about drugs that are sold. 
I want to sell cervezas, man. And I want to sell Nehemic and Rencabanas. That's it. Everything else that happens can only run through my security guard. They used to have to bounce around different places on the beach to sell their shit. Now they have their own place to sell it. It's localized. No one else can sell there except for them. That gave them power. Yeah. And it relieved the pressure off me. I don't know anything about drugs. I'm just a gringo. I sell beer. If something goes wrong, it can't be me because I don't know nothing. Yeah. But they also don't have to bounce around, which means they're there all the time. So even when they weren't paid for their security position, they were still there. Yeah. Well, also, that's the position they sold it. Yeah. And it also gives them a vested interest in keeping that area safe, too. Fuck yeah. yeah. I gave them ground to stand on. Mm-hmm. And that gave me security. Mm-hmm. And so slowly but surely, this actually was the most dangerous place on the beach. It became the safest place on the beach. I set a standard where, like, women who stay here... Even if they're walking down this nude beach, you know, being a white girl on a Mexican nude beach and all this, if anyone talks foul to them, they come back and they tell me in security, it will be fucking handled because these people know I went across town. Nobody fucking speaks to that way staying at El Peyote. Mm-hmm. It became the safest place on the beach. It was a haven. Like, me and my security, no one that stayed there ever fucked with any of the women. They were sisters. Yeah. And they were taken care of. And even out across the playa, they were at a bar. All they had to do was, like, just even say, I'm staying at El Peyote. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. uh, lo siento, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, they knew who they were crossing if they fucked with a girl staying at El Peyote. Just saying you were staying there eliminated you from getting fucked with on the entire beach. And so that was, for me, a mad accomplishment. I took the most dangerous place on the beach, and with the right people and implementing that, made it the safest place on the beach. It was safe for all the gays, all the lesbians, all the transvestites, all the crushes. It was like a big mix down there. Yeah. Uh, all the women, especially the you know, as travelers, we were training in Kung Fu on the beach, teaching them in self-defense. Um, like it became the haven if anything went wrong. And if you were staying at another place, you're not even our guest. It doesn't matter. If you have a problem, you come to El Peyote, we'll take care of you. Yeah. Like, it was beautiful. And on top of this, now... This is months in. I've, I've managed to make enough. I've built my own cabana above the little beer bar. Okay. And, like, we're building palapas and shit. Like, all the guests are involved. Like, we're just, like, cutting down palms and shit off these fucking palm forests and, like, weaving them together and making these beautiful fucking cabanas and palapas. And it was fucking gorgeous. We were having huge parties. Like DJs were coming in and... and there was lights like spreading out on the ocean and that was like, you know, once a month, but the rest of the time it was like chill time. And then we were protecting all the turtles. Everyone was like walking the beach and if any turtles were laying eggs, we were like contacting our people and uh, lifeguards and we were like pulling the eggs before the black market people could come and like steal them and sell them, which a lot of those were cartels as well. And so we had to fight against that. A lot of guns were pulled, but like it was okay because I was connected to this family. Yeah. And so they pull a gun on me, like, fuck you, I'm taking these eggs. And I'm like, actually, I'm with blah, 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 family. Once again, we're going to leave that name out. But, like, I'm with blah, blah, family, and, like, this is our beach. And I know I'm a gringo, but I can go get them if you want. And they can tell you in person. Mm-hmm. And no, 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 tranquilo, tranquilo, no, 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 no. Like, we could take the eggs, we could take them to the security guard, we could save these fucking turtles and shit. And this was all good for, like, two years, you know. It was beautiful. Um, the parties that happened were amazing. I was 
I was paying more to buy beer from that family than I could get it from the distributor, but I paid homage to that. You know, I was respect, yeah. like they let me be there. So like they didn't tax me specifically because I was smart. Everyone that gets any weed or drugs or anything goes through their family and their family only. And I set that up the right way, but I know nothing. Yeah. Every beer sold there comes from their family and I'll pay a tax on that. I'll pay just a little bit less than they sell it in their store. But it's not at a store, it's at a bar, so you can sell it for more. And I wasn't making much money on that, but, like, I was buying 20 cases a fucking day on the weekends from them, you know, like, I paid for my stay. Yeah. Without them having to extort me, which they appreciated. Yeah. Like, I, I pre-extorted myself. There you go. That's, that's, yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm going to set the level here. Like, this is what I'm comfortable with, this isn't what I'm not. But, like, because I threw it out in the beginning, there was respect. It's like, I know I owe a tax to you. This is your land. This is your beach. I'm willing to pay, but don't fuck with, like, don't fucking take advantage of me. Yeah. And it was all cool. Until Uncle Juanito died. Now, I got quite close to him, man. Like, he was in a wheelchair. He was a beautiful man. Like, he kept the beach straight. Everything was fair. I went to him with a lot of problems. Used to, you know, for, for a couple of years, I used to... He'd holler at me, he'd just whistle, and I'd come up, and it's difficult with a wheelchair on sand. Mm-hmm. So me and his brother and some of the nephews, we'd all drag his wheelchair out down the beach, and I had a platform that was reserved just for him all the time. That's money to the platform, and nobody could fuck with it. And we'd put him out there, and he could just look at the beach and the pretty people and all this and relax. And if you wanted to be quiet, everyone was fucking quiet. Like, that was Uncle Juanita's spot. And I loved him, and he took care of me. He kept me from getting killed so many fucking times. Because the whole time, this fucking you know other guy I'm having having problems with, and he's trying to come through and pull all this shit. And I'm having to go to Juanito about it, but in the meantime, I still got him. And you know, like three fucking times, this dude pulls a gun to my head, and I'm like, I'm telling you, there's a finite balance here. And by this point, my Spanish is getting better, so I'm speaking about in Spanish. But like, we made a deal, basically. He lets this place be solid. I don't expose him. Because he knew that I knew things about him that he didn't want anybody to know. Yeah. There's ways that he got out of jail that nobody on that beach knows. But I did know from some connections. And he didn't want that shit to get out. Mm-hmm. So we found a balance. But then Uncle Juanito dies. And this is so, man. Like, I was one of his pallbearers. We carried him down, his body. And I, it was beautiful. It was a casket with a glass top, you know. Like, carried him down to that same spot. We used to let him sit and chill for a while. And... The whole fucking town was there. It was insane. Carried him all the way up the mountain to the cemetery. But then the person that took over was Hoven, you know, this young fucker. The one that had all the problems with. He was next in line. He'd always challenge when he took over the power. And he wasn't okay with the arrangement. Um, It wasn't okay for me just to be a gringo selling beer in cabanas. No, I was going to be involved in selling the drugs. And I know where this game goes. I'm, I'm too fucking old for that shit. I know better. It was the point where it was no longer this relaxing retirement on a beach. It was I was laying awake every night wondering if he's going to show up and if I'm going to have to do something in the safety of my family around the world. If I do do something, how can I pull it off? How can I defend myself against this person? And it not be known that I do it so that I don't have to worry about my family dying. Mm-hmm. It wasn't relaxing anymore, <laughs> to yeah. say the least. 
And uh, so I said I was going to go visit some family on Friday, which means I was going to have a going away party on Thursday, which means I left on Tuesday. <laughs> and I just split. I put out a lot of disinformation about who I was because I kept it pretty chill about like, no one knowing about where my family lived or nothing the whole time because different community, but um, put it out I was heading to like South Carolina or some shit. And then, uh, yeah, I just fucking split and never came back. And that was two and a half to three years, somewhere in there. Time got a little lost with uh, a lot of mezcal. Uh, a lot of time just sitting in a hammock on a beach, you know, time goes away. Um, yeah, a few years of uh, really good retirement nice. and turned something dangerous into something beautiful. Mm-hmm. But things often do come back to whence they were from, and it uh, turned really dangerous again. And so I had to bounce. I warned everyone away. I shut it all down, and I split. Now I hear it's like calm back down, and I'd kind of like to visit again, honestly. I'd like to see what it is. Some other friends of mine, I've uh, started in a little bar on the beach right not too far from there. I heard that the power struggle was balanced, and it's okay. I'm a little worried about going back myself. Like, it wouldn't be bad if it was just me, but I want to go with my love now. Yeah. And, but I think I need to go first by myself and test it because that guy, I mean, he, he got what he deserved, but, uh, I don't know who's in charge now. Yeah. So I kind of want to go down and make sure it's no one I pissed off. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, um, if it's cool, bring her down, but I missed the place. It was a beautiful place, but mm-hmm. Every paradise has struggles, you know? Yeah. Like, it's no different from here. It's just in a small community, you're a little more connected to that power struggle. I guess to surmise it all, it's a big, wide, crazy world. Mm-hmm. And if you want to retire at 35, it's totally fucking possible. <laughs> just pick the most dangerous place you can find, run it for 360 bucks, and uh, rent the right security. And sort it out. Most everything will turn out fine. <laughs> there will be a few issues to deal with. Okay. But it depends on how you take life. Yeah. Me, it all turned out well enough in the end. Yeah. I had a good fucking time. All you can ask for. Yeah. Maybe next time I'll tell you about how I ended up in uh, in jail with uh, Aryan Brotherhood and Aryan Nation. And the mm-hmm. judge told him I was uh, half Jewish and half Apache. And I turned that into a great situation. <laughs> we had a blast. Taught him to do yoga. Made him fucking ask me for story time like little kids. Nothing like a bunch of big swastika fucking like tattooed dudes going, Shut the fuck up, it's story time. Like, uh, you just gotta have a good time wherever you're at. Yeah. Get the best of wherever you're at. Yeah. And try to, you know, smile.